All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 194. Bag Milk, Dan, Rick, Tyler, the gang's all here. We're in a good mood today. Very Big win last night for the boys. Game six, bringing it back home for game seven tomorrow, which is Saturday. It's Friday, May 13th. We got a whole lot to talk about. But as we do every week for our friends at Oodle Noodle, 17 locations and counting. I was talking to Jay about that when we were down in LA, Tyler. Ah, They're taking over. We taking over. As we do, Mm -hmm. we start off with our delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. Check them out at oodlenoodle.ca or follow on Instagram at Oodle Noodlegram for all of my delicious noodle memes. I put them there. Wanya does too. Tyler, what is this week's delicious debate? This week's delicious debate? Well, last time we recorded, it was 2-2. Now the series is 3-3. One game was bad. One game was good. The delicious debate. What was the biggest difference for the Oilers from game five to game six? Challenge here, boys. Let's try and come up with different answers, but I see Danny's already got his <laughs> mouth open, so I'm going to give it to you first, pal. Yeah, uh, it's the start. And like, how has this team not figured out that the start is where we need to start and we need to be ready to go and we need to get an early jump on the game. You need to get some pucks on quick. And that was the difference for me was the start of the game. You need to get to quick, 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 ah. quick, 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 quickly. Rick, uh, you know what? Dan's right there. It's just, it's how you start, but at the same time, you got to get pucks on net. Like yes. you can start however you want. They need to get the puck on the net. Quick is not solid. He's not. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it. You just get the puck on him. Now, second game, I believe it was. <clears throat> we had four goals that went in off deflections. Just get the puck to the net. It's very simple. Tyler, what do you think? Um, the biggest difference. We're taking out starts. We're taking out pucks on net. Ah, I'm going to say the 11 and seven approach. It allowed you to play Connor McDavid way more. And like Connor McDavid right now is just going absolutely supernova and it's unbelievable. So you had McDavid last night played 24 minutes total in that hockey game like that. That's crazy. I guess the, it's the similar. Game, it was, yeah, I guess it was similar to, to how you played or the minutes wise in game five, but you got to throw them out there with some different looks and things like that. So I'm just going to say Connor McDavid alone was a massive difference maker again in game six. I wonder if he felt a little throwback to the tip of error when he often played over 24 minutes. Yeah. You know, legs aren't used to it. Uh, biggest difference for me is that uh, if we're eliminating the other three, 
having the nuclear option to start. That's what everybody's calling it. Connor and Leon together. The Kings had a hard time with it and understandably. So I don't think it's a long-term strategy you necessarily want to stick with, but when your back's against the wall and you need to land a punch, that's a pretty damn good one to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They need that, that early goal too, though. Yep. Like when they get that goal, the first goal, whether it be in the first period or in the third period, they play better after it. It's like it releases some sort of stress or tension or something like that. They get that first goal and then everybody feels better. They play better. They play more confident and they Mm -hmm. loosen up. And yeah, it's just a much better game. One thing I noticed last night too. So Connor opened the scoring a minute and 40 in with that wraparound on Jonathan quick. I noticed the Oilers were looking at a lot of wraparounds last night. So clearly they've seen something in quick in net moving them laterally where they're trying to get that done. And I was going to say too, I think I noticed them shooting short side a lot too, like from those tight, impossible angles, they're trying to go over his shoulder. And I think that that's trying to hold him to that post so that then now the wraparound is even more effective. Well, and also just like Rick said, getting shots on net in general, Mm -hmm. incredibly important because I've been saying it all series long. You sometimes you just have to fire and create some chaos. He's floppy in the crease right now. And he's leaving garbage to pick up right around the crease. Yep. And that's been a thing all series. So to have the Oilers firing from everywhere last night to start it off, we need to do that even more so tomorrow night at Rogers place. And the defensemen have to get their shots through like in game. What did we just play six? So game five, I believe there were a lot of block shots from the, uh, by the forwards. And our first period last night wasn't perfect anyways. Right. Like after that first goal there, they seemed to be a little bit of a lull and the Kings started to push back again. So again, they haven't had the greatest of starts yet. So why not do that in game seven? It's weird. We're going to be a team that has to like call it time. The only team out there has to call a timeout after our own goal. Huh. How many times have you, yeah, how many yeah. times have you seen a score and the other team come back and like hand yeah. us that first shift? Like uh, call call a quick time on your boys. And an- another obvious difference. Sorry, Tyler, cut you off. Mm-hmm. Gotta give some love to Mike Smith last night. 30 Pretty. saves and a 938. Pretty. He outdueled Jonathan Quick at the other end, 33 saves and a 917. He needed a big game. I thought, I don't think I'm not hanging game five on him at all, but I think there's probably a couple of goals he wanted back. Last yeah. night there was no such thing. The goals that the Kings scored. The Dursey on the power play, that's through what? Five, six bodies? Yeah, pretty much the entire Kings team. The second goal that tied it in the third period, that I hang more on the players out in front of him not covering their lanes than I do on Smith because that was just a nice passing play by the Kings. Yep. And I'll I'll add one more difference in there, and maybe this is the one I should have gone with. Um, But I thought the depth pieces on the Oilers actually played like pretty well in this hockey game. You know, new. So the McDavid, Drysaddle, Yamamoto trio played 12 minutes and 43 seconds together at five on five, outshot the Kings 11 to six. The second highest trio for time on ice was Nuge. Derek Ryan and Josh Archibald, and they broke even with the LA Kings. And how, how often have we said that where, you know, there are going to be games where McDavid and Drysaddle can take over and everyone else just has to fucking break even and not get caved. And I thought our depth pieces actually, for the most part, did a pretty good job of being like, Hey, Connor's going tonight. Let's just break even boys. And we got this thing. That might not be the case in game seven. You might need them to actually contribute and score, but for game six, it was enough. And I guess of another difference, the boys were back to hitting everything that moved last night. Josh Archibald, if we're gonna, we've taken a lot of shots at him over the last season, you know, and usually he doesn't take shots. Exactly, <laughs> okay, <I'm> and <laughs> he was throwing his body around like a missile. No matter where he was, he was hitting, he was connecting, and I thought that was infectious throughout the team. You need Wait. it. We need it. You see it in the playoffs all the time, man. You need that type of a uh, of a player out there, and it helps the other guys start playing like that as well. And I think it's something as well where you're wearing down the opposition still. Right. And you know, maybe the hits don't hurt in game one, two, and three, but now that you're in the back half of the series, I think some of these young inexperienced defensemen on the Kings, when they get hit, it's, it sits with them a little, a little bit longer. And they're not big guys back there either by any means on LA. So yeah, keep laying the body, keep throwing the body at them and just keep wearing them down. Like Tyler said, I think that's going to be hugely important as we go into tomorrow for game seven. Anybody else differences five and six? No, it's just, I, it felt like a bit of an effort. The other thing that I like too, and they've maybe, maybe they showed this in game five too, but uh, the resiliency, right? Yeah. You're up to nothing. Okay. You just gave up two goals in an elimination game. You're on the road. The arena's loud and they just seem to kind of put their head down and be like, we're not going to cave. And for me sitting at beer Cade last night, I was standing there with, you know, nine, 10 minutes to go. And being an Oilers fan, being a sports fan, that's had his heart broken a few hundred times. <laughs> 
I was sitting there being like, how is this not going to go our way? I was like, what's going to be the bad bounce? What's going to be the moment that just doesn't let it work for us? And sure shit, that moment never came because the bounce went to the Oilers and Tyson Berry finding a way to sneak one past Jonathan Quick. So it was just great to watch a game where they got the bounce and they got the tight win. It was, it was awesome. Well, and you, you mentioned the name Tyson Berry there too, but I think all the defense really stepped up in the absence of nurse and yeah. just played solid minutes where nobody had really any big gaff. I, you know, I, a lot of people were mentioning Kulak's name as, as a guy that really stepped up. He and played well, playing in. And he was chucking his body around too. He had some big hits last night. Yeah. Get his name on a contract right now. Yep. Yeah. Like, so Broberg obviously didn't play a lot. He only played three fifteen at five on five, but I like that point about how evenly the minutes were dispersed. Like at five on five, C CC was just over 19. Uh, Kulak and Keith were both around 17 and a half. Bouchard was at 15 and a half. Barry was at 16. Russell was just under 13. Like there wasn't anyone who was like, Oh damn, you got to play him 27 minutes to survive this game. It was a collective group effort. Kulak was great, but I think it was a real collective group effort yes. to overcome the loss of Darnell nurse. Another guy I got to give a shout out to is the cowboy made his parents back in the game last night. He hadn't played in a couple. He, that guy, his body must just hate him at some point because there is nothing he won't do to throw his body in front of, uh, in front of a shot. I think about that one on Kopitar oh. where he just kind of like trapped it almost like a goalie between <laughs> his legs. And I think a lot of the Oilers were doing what they could to get in front of pucks last night. Chris Russell game high four blocked on shots. You know, who was second on the Oilers with three Connor. No Kulak. No. Was my boy Nuge? It was. It was your boy Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Three blocked shots for Nuge. A real impressive stat line for him. Three shots on net, a hit, three blocks. And uh, oh, no, that's a giveaway, not a takeaway. But we'll ignore that last one. 85% on the draws for the kid last night. 85% on the draws, correct. Three minutes and 23 seconds of shorthanded time on ice. No oiler was out on the PK more, including defenseman, than RNH. That's what when people shit on him at five on five, like I get he hasn't been like insanely productive, although he does he have so many things. He's like three, three and a half minutes of shorthanded time on ice. That's good. That brings value. That means you're not putting dry settle and McDavid out on the PK. That means when the penalty kill ends, 97 and 29 are jumping over the boards to attack an either tired Kings top unit or a depth line on the Kings. There is value in that three and a half minutes, even though it's not one of the goals being scored. He's I'm really good at it too. So yeah. he's out there getting the scored on. He's out there and they're keeping the puck out of our net. I know this is trying to be positive the whole time, but I'm getting really sick and tired of people saying he's a good player. If you take away this thing, though, there's an issue. It's like, no, You're these are good player, players. Yeah. Period. Stop. End of sentence. I also like when you look beside him and he's got like, I know we just gave Josh Archibald some props, but it's not like so he's a fucking offensive dynamo on his side. And we're like, well, this line's not creating any offense. And you're like, okay, well, there's a little context there. Archibald, actually, that. I know like we're being nice to him. Like he had a couple of good scoring chances. Too. Although I am yeah. going to shit on him a minute. Uh, because he almost gave me a heart attack when he missed the empty net. Oh, oh yeah. Again, that was one of those things where I was dreading the bounce that was going to kill the Oilers. And when he missed that, I was like, there it is. This fucking game's going to go to overtime and we're going to have to spend a 20 minute intermission sitting here talking about what if. Oh, thankfully didn't matter. Connor made a nice defensive play in his own zone, passes it yep. up to Vander Kane. He closes it out and the beer and the beer cade crowd went bananas. Insane. Um, so to wrap up the delicious debate, we kind of said Connor made a big difference. The hot start, lots of shots on goals made a big difference as well. You talked about Schmitty. How confident are we? Because it was a tight game. They had a lot go right. Four things went real right for them. How confident are we that those four things can go right again on Saturday night? Here's the thing. Like, if you play like that last night, if you do it again tomorrow, you've got a really good chance of giving yourself this series. Yep. And I still don't think last night was the Oilers a plus game or a no. game. It was their BB plus game. Mm -hmm. There were some times where the Kings hemmed them in. There were missed opportunities for the Oilers in front of the net. Remember early in the game, dry settle just that missed back that backdoor pass. Oh my God. What a bit of blowout. There was also yeah. the weird Vander Kane non goal. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't really understand why that wasn't a goal, but you know, I also, how about the, the big giant balls on Woodcroft to not challenge that play? Don't he risk, said yeah. post game that Jeremy Cooper said it probably get called back. Cause if you remember, I was thinking about it afterwards, Tyler, remember when we were in LA, we were watching Pittsburgh, New York, and they had a very similar one yeah. where it was challenged and it was still no goal. So I wonder if that came into play last night as well. 
even though I still don't understand, like Hyman went in maybe a minor bump, like maybe quick does a yard sale and then he just starfishes in the crease. How long are we allowed to give him to get up? before we're allowed to touch the puck again. Two to three business days. Wasn't, wasn't that a rule or a thing last year where a couple goalies got dinged for just laying there and not attempting to get back into the play? Like, oh, maybe, I, I, don't yeah. I don't know if that was going to be the still, And I've said this earlier today. I still think a defenseman initiated contact both was low, uh, underneath the uh, the goal line and drove him into the into the goalie like he was going to go through the crease no doubt about it. He's going through the blue paint, but he wasn't going to make contact with the goaltender until he got like kind of pushed into that area. I, I still don't get it. And not only did I not get it, having that goal called back hurt my draft kings. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's also upsetting. I feel you. But way she goes sometimes. Uh, there you go. The delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle. It's Friday afternoon. If you don't want to cook or maybe tomorrow ahead of game seven, you want to build yourself a fort made out of spring rolls and eat your way out. That's what I like to do. That's how I spend my time. Go on DoorDash. DoorDash will bring it right to your door. Ding dong. Ding dong. There you go. Great meme last night with Evander Kane holding up the seven. And it was like when you're trying to remember how many spring rolls you're supposed to order from Noodle Noodle. Yep. There you go. So let's talk about that for a second. Evander Kane holding up the seven. Some people liked it. Some people did not like it. Some people thought Connor McDavid was mad about it. I don't think think I buy that. What do you think? It's fine. Let's show some swagger. Adrian Kempe scored and he held up the fingers to the ear. So he was doing the ear thing. Was he, was that a shot at like uh, Ryan Whitney and his bet? Or was he like, Hey, just calling out to the crowd, like pointing to his ear. Cause he was like point. He wasn't doing the Hulk Hogan over his ear. He was literally pointing, almost pointing to his ear lobe. Nah, I think he was just saying like, come on. I I dig it. I dig. I, I, I think I read that on Twitter somewhere. I was like, you know what? So I went back and looked at it again. I was like, dude is sitting there with his finger, his index finger, just pointing to his earlobe. I also don't think it's like Evander Kane did much of like a bragging thing. It's like, see you in game seven. And also literally going to game seven. Yeah. And also like, if you're going to be someone who's mad about that and be like, Oh, come on. It's a bulletin board material for the Kings, blah, 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 blah. That, that really doesn't have any outcome on the game. Like if you're not already fired up for a game seven, it's not like the Kings were going to go into their room and be like, well, this is going to be a dud. And then they're like, oh my God, look what Evander just did. Let's get him." Also the fan base is loving it. So if you're going to be one of those people who's shitting on it, like, come on. Who, who, who in the, in the press conference after the game thought that he was referring to the fact he had seven goals. Evander, are you ever referring to the fact that you have seven goals in the series? That's and he's a, like, what? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've fucking ever heard of. I just liked the idea of him sinking the empty netter and then doing the mental math very quickly, by the way, <laughs> as he wraps around, he goes, well, it's not just a two that one. And I got two tonight. And there's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven suck at Staples Center. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. How, and I, man, how do you sit there and ask that question? I don't know. We're a fan base that has chanted. We want the cup. At the end of like one playoff win, man, I was chanting that in February. We're a fan base that chants, yeah, "We want ten all the time." Oh yeah, <laughs> but yet the players can't have a little fun and a little swagger when they score a goal right. late in a game to ice it. I don't know. I thought like you know what? If you're talking about bullet to more material, how about? Leon Drysettle getting basically horse collared by Anderson and that was scrum. terrible. And I'm calling it a slew foot, yeah, and dragging him down from behind like. First of all, how is that not a call? Okay, maybe you give you you can give the refs some benefit of the doubt because there's really twenty people yeah, in there. Yeah, but come on. One thing I want to ask you guys though: Were you anybody as annoyed as me that the Oilers defensemen stayed out just because of the faceoff? Like, if I want everybody in the pile, when it's Connor and Leon and everybody's on them, I want everyone in the pile, and I want your first punch to be a drop kick. <laughs> it's an elimination game. I think you got to be a little more careful. You don't want to um, take a penalty. Yeah. And you don't want to lose the offensive zone draw. I think, right? Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, and I don't think it was other than the fact he got pulled down like from behind like that. It was. Not a terrible scrum. It was just kind of a average scrum, I guess. But unless, you know, unless he's actually hurt because he, oh, yeah, he is he, obviously he's hurt. But like, how bad is like if that's a ankle thing as just as an example? Yeah. What is it like when that skate comes off? Well, it's well, hopefully it doesn't balloon up too big. I mean, that was the I'd first be leaving thing. the skate on till Saturday just to be sure. <laughs> just walking through, walking through security in the yeah, airport yeah, with, yeah. Your shit, with your with uh, your skate cards on. Just get one of the guys to take the Beep blade beep. off. Like they'll be fine. <laughs> I just don't get why we don't turn about fair play here and just do the same thing to Kopitar in our zone or Deno in our. Because we'll get fucking called for it, knowing yeah. our luck. Well, I, I but I mean, yeah. to me, it's like this team. That's where we need to start doing it. Is is identifying what they're doing and do that 
back. No, not we'll, respond we'll, to we'll, it. We can do that in next next October, next November, whenever we play them again in uh, yeah. in the regular season. Uh, right now, there's just too much on the line. I get it. I trust me. I want to like crawl through the TV and deal with it, but. Um, yeah, I get what we you're talking Like, if it was game 63, Dan, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you go, t- you go take a number, you fuck up yeah. Kopitar. But, but I just, you can't risk going down. Like, Smith sticking Athanasiu in the <laughs> nards. Like, <laughs> Are you not right, allowed to like, do that? Yeah, maybe. maybe Dude, I don't, I still don't think don't he got know. him that hard. Man, did he roll around. Like, these guys. Yeah. It's like, Hollywood, baby. They're, they're, playing, they're, they're playing soccer rules out there. <laughs> well, and that's what I don't understand is last night, the refs were like, there was no game management apart from trying to game manage the Kings into a tie game. In my opinion, <laughs> like how, how, like how Kaliev at that center ice. I thought for sure we are going to get oh, a, those are we're, I thought for thing. sure. We're going to get a fucking call. Just an accident, that. Rick, just an accident. Brutal. And gets leveled. I can tell you the number of times my insurance adjuster has just been like, listen, it was just an accident. <laughs> it was just an accident. It's all good. I like the point you made before we started recording about Yamamoto too. Oh, yeah. I mean, then Yamamoto does it eight minutes later. And I mean, Yamamoto did not try to hit him on the leg. That was an accident. So I don't know why that call went against him. The guy was very clearly trying to hit the guy in the chest and he moved. It's an accident. I don't know what we're doing here anymore. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets the weakest cross-checking penalty of all time. (laughs) And he didn't mean to take a penalty. It was an accident. So why couldn't they cut him the same slack they cut Cali of? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Such a fucking joke. Nuge just gave a little push. Like this is the playoffs and the Kings are just yard sailing everywhere. Drives me crazy. But they got the job done. And Soccer you can't rules, worry baby. about you can't worry about the refs really. Yeah. Well, and that's and that was the one thing that I that I took away that I really liked was that the players weren't really bitching about it the whole no, time. You like, can't you, they just kept do? going, they kept going for it. Now Woody gave them a little bit of an earful at the end of the game, good. and that's good to see. But, uh, but yeah, the players played through it and they let us fans be mad about it. As these officials though, do you not like today? Do you not like look back and like, just kind of judge yourself? Do you not go back and watch your own game? Do you listen to this podcast afterwards, Rick? Does somebody not have, (laughs) but like, does somebody not from the league? Yeah. At least fire a text. You'd be like, listen, boys, guys, I don't know. You you missed a couple. There's a review process. Yeah. But like, when the fuck does it happen? The next, when do they not feel like, how do you watch that and go? We're not feel bad. Yeah. Like how do you feel bad about that? We are impartial in our analysis. (laughs) I think I think they'll find out when they get the second round assignment. I was so whether you're allowed to go or not. All of a sudden their paycheck is yeah. Oh man, Skilleter was in the playoffs in the first place. Yeah. That doesn't mean shit. You hate Skilleter. I can't stand the guy. Let's hope they call it in game seven because that'll, that will, like, I know you can't worry about the refs, but it will have an impact. If the Oilers get four power plays or if they get one, that could very well decide the hockey game. They just got to come out and score two in the first period. Sure. Go, but come out and like, play in the first period. They're down. They also have to maintain some discipline as well. Yep. I know it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of emotions. Rogers plays is going to be absolutely smash and bumping tomorrow, but you got to make sure that you're playing your game. You can't walk into the Kings trying to goad you into penalties with that shit. Yeah. No, I don't think they will. They'll come out and they'll play their game and, I talked about it after. So one thing that was a difference, I guess we're going back to the delicious debate a minute. Like I noticed a Vander Kane, I thought did a better job of that last night in game five. I thought he was getting too mixed up in the bullshit and trying to like cause mayhem, which part of me likes, mm-hmm. but, but there's also a time for it. It's that thin line and he's kind of going a little bit too, too far on the other side of it. I thought wow. that last night he did a better job. When he comes in fist blasting, it turns into bad news every time. Like you're right. It's he needs to come in with a, a light hand and just talk about it a little bit. Cause he is but, who he is. But as soon as he shows up and starts swinging, everybody starts swinging and they point right at him and give him an extra two. Do you think there's anybody happier that the Oilers won last night than Darnell nurse? All oh, right. Like that. Yeah. That's a long Me. summer for doc. If they lose that hockey game by one. Yep. Me. I'm happier. I'm happier too. Well, of course. <laughs> would he have traveled with them? I would have. Yeah, you got to. Right. I, you'd you got to be there. there. So I, I would imagine he is the first guy giving high fives when they come into the locker room. He was game. giving big ass hugs, man. No high fives, just big hugs and kisses on the cheek. I expect him to play the best game he's played all season. But he's got to keep. He's got to keep it like keep it on the in too. Yeah, you do. You do. But I, I expect him to just be show us your nine and a quarter million dollar defenseman on in game seven. Yeah. And he hasn't shown that, I think, partially because he's banged up. Fuck, maybe now that we've put game six behind us, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. The guy just got three days off, didn't have to play. Maybe he'll be rested, ready to go, and, and he could just go out there and ball. 
I'm going to ask you guys a question. Uh, but first, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. If you go to cornerstoneins.ca, there you will find all of the insurance products you could ever hope to need. Auto, residential, commercial, life insurance. It's all there. And if you go on, they have instant quotes available now these days. Just go get yourself a quote. And if you're a citizen of the nation, there is a button there for you. Again, that is cornerstoneins.ca, cornerstoneins.ca. Asking you guys a question now. We were talking about a little bit before we started recording two potential elimination games last night that I want to talk about. Leafs had a chance to move on in Tampa. They lost in overtime. Kings had a chance to close it out at home. They lost coming back to Edmonton for game seven. Who do you think's feeling better going into their game seven? Leafs or LA? Leafs or, or think, Oilers? Oh, oh, Oilers, Oilers for sure. Yeah, yeah it, that's a tough. It's a tough way to lose to Tampa, especially because Tampa came back and but, tied it in. But the Tampa's Tampa. Tampa's Tampa. Right. I mean, when you're losing yeah. to, if you're losing, maybe Boston be a different, but Tampa's Tampa. They're the two-time champs. Yeah, they planted a seed of doubt. That's for sure. Well, I, think that seed's been there for a little while. Well, it's a large like tree by now. Post game, they were asking Austin Matthews about it and they're like, well, another game seven. Yeah. That doesn't really grow so well. And he's just like, you got to ignore it. You got to ignore it. But how can you ignore it? Yeah. No, it gets, it gets, it has to be in your head. Cause if I'm a guy like Pat Maroon, I'm fucking skating by the bench and I'm <laughs> saying it all day. Game seven. For sure. Game seven. What are they? They said, uh, Matthews and Marner. Oh, and eight in elimination games. Yeah. In the Matthews Marner era, they're oh, and eight. That's so crazy. I well, think they're, I think they're due for a game seven win. Though. I think they win tomorrow. I think they I, win I'll, actually I'll tomorrow that. too. I yeah. do. And yeah. like at, at home in Toronto, you know, they'll get last matchups and. Yeah. So. I, I, I can't see them choking, but I'm more, I'm more concerned about uh, the eight o'clock game. I'm more concerned about the eight o'clock game. I'm also more concerned about number 29. He is battling it. I was, so last night during the first period, that scrum happened, he gets pulled down. Uh, TSN was Ryan Rashog was tweeting about Leon's back down the tunnel, came out for a shift back down the tunnel. And I just remember at, we're at beer cade for the viewing party and the kind of like the murmurs and the intermission. I was like, Oh fuck, Leon's yep. gone. And then there he is at the start of the second intermission. I don't know if I've ever been happier to see his face. Just a sense of relief. Whew. Yeah, like every time you're right, like you check Twitter, and it's like, oh, dry saddle's gone. And then you'd see him on TV, you're like, oh my God, he's back and all that. Like he's not at 100%. And I know we say it's the playoffs and no one's at 100%, but I think from watching him in game six, like he's probably not even at 80% or 70%. Good news yeah. is that dry saddle at 70% is still better than most people. He's got like eight points in six games. <laughs> so I'm just hoping that, I don't know, like a little bit of rest, recovery. Hope that skate boot's still on, <laughs> you know? Pop the blade off, make it through security. He has okay. one checked bag and it's skate blade with <laughs> yeah. that little thing wrapped around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we talk a little bit about uh, the lineup then in game seven? Let's talk about it. Oof. What do you do? So you got Darnell coming back. Do you mm-hmm. stick with the same thing and nurse replaces Broberg? Cow- I think you want to keep the cowboy in. Or is there a little part of you that goes... Warren Fogle should be pretty fucking fired up to play in a game seven on home ice after, you know, kind of being shown that eh, we don't really, we don't need you in the lineup, Warren. I think you know what you're getting out of Chris Russell and you're hoping you know what you're going to get from Warren Fogle. And in game seven, I think you need to take what you know. I think that tomorrow night's game is one of those ones where we need everybody on board, everybody sacrificing for the same goal. And you are never, ever going to question Chris Russell's effort in that regard. And that's a good point too. I just, and, and I think I agree. I think I would go 11 and seven. Cause at the end of the day, a forward who you're going to play five minutes at five on five, because you just want to play Connor and Leon 25 plus minutes tomorrow. Yeah. That's less valuable than a defenseman who could kill penalties for three minutes. Exactly. And also I really like the idea of slipping supernova Connor in on extra shifts. I mean, you could do it at 12 and six anyway. Yeah. But it's different. You're spread the minutes. Less of, a, less of a waste when you're going, you're, if you're going to do that at 12 and six, you're just, there's a wasted guy. There's a gross yeah, mistake on the bench, you right? Get, you get a penalty, your defenseman takes a penalty or something like that. You still got the extra defenseman. I think it's just a, I think it's a safer move. Dan, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm trying to be a contr- <laughs> The redemption right, story yeah. of Fogel getting in the lineup yeah, is interesting. It's good. I, I do. I look at the, the forward group and I just, I hate the, I hate the Dave Tippett feeling of that lineup. 
yeah. with the, with the 11 and six where it is just, you know, it's on you, Leon, it's on you, Connor, it's on you, Nuge to make it happen. Well, the first but, time they did 11 and seven though, they were putting like, Yam was getting extra yes. ice time. Yep. McLeod was getting extra ice time. I think it's um, even if they do 11 and seven, you have options on who you want to put out there. Yeah. I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I guess I, there's still my old brain in play and I still want to, well, see we've been hurt stuff. before. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But tomorrow's a new day. Looking forward to it. Game seven. Rogers place is going to be electric. I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, any other changes you're making? Even trios, combos, anything like that? Miko Koskinen. <laughs> you yeah, can you imagine? Miko, Miko you're in. Uh, I sent out a tweet. This is just an aside. I sent out a tweet before we recorded, re- or before we recorded the pregame show. And I was like, send me your boldest predictions for game six. And about 15 minutes before puck drop, someone replied to it and their prediction was Smith has a last minute injury and Koskinen has to start. So I see the tweet notification on my phone and I'm like, oh, what's Twitter saying? And I just read the text first and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, geez. Thank God. Scared the hell out of me. Um, But no, I don't think the one big decision is whether or not you want to give Fogel a redemption shot or if you feel confident enough going with 11 and seven. I think from kind of the logic we've tried to pour into our conversation here, 11 and seven is probably the way to go. But the only thing against it, I think, is that you're not playing those 11 forwards a lot of ice time, right? Like, yes, is not getting a ton. Uh, I highly doubt Zach Cassian got a ton. Um, You're now playing like nine nine forwards. So Are last night, if we're looking go? at, uh, we're looking at strictly at ice time. Nine and nine. Billy yeah. RV was a team low five thirty. Uh, Cassian was six fifty seven. So they're not, what's, playing. uh, what's arch and Ryan, uh, Derek Ryan played fourteen forty one right. and Archibald fifteen twenty seven. Right. So, so yeah, you're, you're, you're two guys right there that were combined, you know, less than 11 minutes. It's, uh, um, yeah. And I'm just looking, you talked about trios and stuff like that. The Oilers had, Eight trios take a shit. Eight different combinations. Take a shit of together. Yeah, take a shit together. Eight different trios of That's players friendship. take a shift together. Um, that means at least twenty five seconds time on ice at five on five. Um, and of that group, they only had four of them either break even or outshoot the Kings. So I, I think you know maybe you look at those numbers and like okay, a trio like McDavid, Pugliarvi, and Cassian. They were on the ice for fifty five seconds. They somehow got outshot three one in that span, right? So I think you can maybe look at some numbers and be like, all right, if we're going to go eleven and seven, there's trios that maybe work and that maybe don't. McDavid, Kane, and Hyman four twenty five together outshot the Kings seven two, outscored them two rip. I think part of that or one of them must have been the empty or may have been the empty netter. Um, but still, like, you know, that trio right there, you're like, hey, that that looked pretty good. Maybe you kind of go to them a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think you're not worried about who's getting what ice time in game seven. You're just going. I think after the first five minutes, Woodcroft will have an idea of who's rolling and who's not. And the bench is going to be cut short pretty quick. Why do we think that uh, Pugliarvi has gotten such little ice time right now in the last, well, I guess. I just don't think games. he's very, I don't think he feels very confident right now. No, but is there, is he making blatant mistakes out there that you see? Is he doing something that the coaches don't want him to do? Is he like, he's he turning the puck over a little bit, I think. Uh, yeah. And for a guy like to me, like if I'm thinking about Yessa, you, you're not going to score unless you're like Connor and Leon, you're not going to score register points every night. But what you can do is be, an active participant in terms of how you play on the ice. And for a, a kid that's that big, I'd love to see him causing more mayhem. I know that's not necessarily his thing, but yeah. you also have guys like Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins throwing their body around. And I mean, it'd be nice if yes, followed suit. I just, I thought the things that he does well, aren't necessarily on the score sheet, but they would be helpful in these situations. You know what, what he can, what he does down in, in, in the four check and, and how he plays. I just, I didn't see anything glaring to, uh, to, to reduce his minutes like this. Tyler. Yeah. I'm kind of with Rick on that one. I think like, there's nothing like, I'm surprised to see that he played like, not like he's not coughing up that you didn't create a goal the other way. Like nothing really bad, not a bad penalty. Like I just see a lot of shifts. Like I think of, and this one stands out to me and maybe it's unfair to look at one shift and be like, what the hell? But it was like his second shift of the game in game five. He went and ran into Nugent Hopkins. They collided. The play went back the other way and then he fell in the defensive zone. And I think he's tripped over the blue line or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And then it led to the Kings getting some zone time, I believe. So it's like, okay. I I think there's plays like that where the coach might just look at that and be like, 
I can't risk having you out there in a one goal game late. See, and I thought that he had a shift with uh, with with Connor and uh, and Kane in the third period yeah. in that game, and I thought we actually got a lot of um, momentum down low out of, out of that yeah. shift. And I was like, okay, good. He put him back there. All right, this, let's get this line going again. And then uh, he kind of disappeared. And I agree. Again. I'd play him more. Like the people who are like, time for a healthy scratching. I'm like, you don't healthy no. sc- like Warren Fogel in all likelihood is not going to make a play that changes the game. Warren Fogle is not going to be healthy scratch last night. If nurse wasn't out and they needed the seven defenseman. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair too. Um, but like, you know, Warren Fogle, I don't, I don't have a big beef with healthy scratching him because he's not going to make a crazy dynamic skill play. Like he, his game's not at that point right now with yes, Yarvi. I've said this example a few times. He can, he can go out there and he can do something that mm-hmm. changes the tide of the game. Yep. Yep. He's has the ability to make a big play. He has the ability shown he can score goals this season. So I just look at that and I, I think I'd rather, you know, even if it's only six and a half minutes, I'm okay with that for Pugliarvi. If the coach can't trust him, I can maybe understand that based on where his game is at right now, but I keep him in the lineup. I give him some offensive zone starts because I still think there's a little bit of magic in him. Mm-hmm. I think he just needs to, I mean, obviously it's easy for me to say, but like, Go out and feel good about each shift you get. Yeah. Start getting a little confidence in your game. Maybe it's a hit. Maybe it's a good defensive play. Maybe it's a good stick. But like, we need to start rebuilding whatever's going on with him. Yeah. You know, because maybe he's hurt, but like, who is it? Yeah. So, there was a, I did read somewhere on Twitter that there, he might be, oh, actually, I think it's uh, Trina's oil or whatever said he is having hip issues again. Of as course. per classic Trina. As yeah. per Garfield. Yeah. Garfield knows. Odie, not so sure. No. John, forget about it. Uh, okay, so it is. we have reached the midway point of the podcast, so we are going to give a shout-out to our friends at Buster's Pizza. Time for Ask the Idiots. You guys sent in some questions. The boys Ooh. have not seen them. I'm excited to give them to you, and then afterwards, we will vote on who wins a gift card. Good? Good. Got it? Good. All right, first question. I'm going to start down at the end of the table. Tyler Remchuk coming down at you first. Uh, do you keep... Connor and Leon together for game seven. Yes, you do. I've always said that is not a sustainable approach long-term. I think the Oilers depth is better this year, but you need to win one game. So give those guys minutes. If you're going 11 and seven, there will be opportunities to play them apart. They played a part still a decent amount in game six, even though they start on that, on the same line together. I, I think that's perfectly okay to keep them together. I think it's even the right approach and uh, yeah, play them. Let's go. Rick? I have no issues with it. They're, they're not just stuck to each other. So it's not like they're just line mates and that's it. They play their whatever. I think it was, what do you say? 12 minutes yeah. with uh, Yam yesterday. Um, outside of that, they're also getting ice time with other guys. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Dan? Spread it out. I want to see us go back to the lineup for the eight to two win and just do it again. Do eight to two win again. I would like to see them. I guess I'm kind of a blend between everybody. I'd like to see them start together. That quick start is super important. And I feel like having Connor and Leon together is going to give us a very good chance of getting that hot start. Those guys can absolutely dominate shifts at will. Yeah. But if that works, if we start getting a little bit of traction there, then maybe you start to spread them out a little bit. See, and I, I like just utilizing the moments in the game. Like last night, obviously we're on the road, so we didn't get the, the last change. Tomorrow we're going to get the last change. Yep. I think you can really, yep. if you... And Woodcroft's good at this. I think he can use utilize this situation and and maximize it. Uh, can I throw a little added point onto this question? Please. How much does the health of Leon Drysaddle factor into this? Because if Leon Drysaddle is sixty percent, sixty five percent, and his legs banged up and he can't skate as well as he can, then you want him on the wing. You need to play him on the wing. Like you can't. You play yeah. Nugent Center. You go McDavid Nugent down the middle. You let him take draws and then shuffle over to the side. Yeah, That's like you do stuff like that. And I think that has to be the way you do it. So I do think dry settles health is dependent, but they did mix it up really nicely. So McDavid at five on five played 21, 31 last game, 13, 31 of that came at five on five. I'm no mathematician, but that sounds like, you know, maybe 60, 65% of his ice time was with dry settle. The rest of it at five on five was away from him. Yeah. It's a good mix. Question number two, reversing the order. Dan, I'm starting with you. One non-obvious key to closing out this series. Non-obvious. Um, Got to get creative here, boys. The, uh, we get bottom six scoring tomorrow. Is yeah, I mean, like it, chipping in with some depth goals would be huge that's tomorrow. Huge. Like if a guy like Bouchard can clap one through, yeah, you know, yeah, that's gonna help. Rick, uh, I think everything's obvious, but uh, they just, you know, what they're 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 special teams because keep doing what they're doing. Tyler, simple. 
avoid bad icings and take advantage of their bad icings. Oh yeah. You make sure you get the puck out when you're shorthanded. Too. Yeah. Like no, what I mean by that is kind of like no sloppy mistakes on your breakout, right? You can't have the big stretch breakout feed that misses and goes for icing. Like you need to be crisp getting the puck out of your zone. Yeah. You can't let things and, and zone opportunities for the Kings snowball into long cycles. You just got to be crisp. And you know what? The Kings, I, I think they're going to be worn down. They, they got to come back up to Edmonton. And I know both teams have to travel here, but there's a difference between when you're coming home versus when you're coming to sleep in a hotel room again. And I think the Kings might be a little sloppy. They always need to take advantage of when the Kings do things like ice the puck. I do think it's about time that all of the Edmonton hotels at once test their fire alarms. I remember doing like one. Of and I always say, I've, and this is something I learned as a young kid, the best time to test your fire alarm if your hotel is 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's true. I've been thinking that too. Yeah. Maybe like just, all of a sudden the AC just doesn't work. I don't know. We're that's really, unfortunate. We're really safety minded here, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I want to make sure that everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. Nice evacuation plan. Yep. Every hotel in the Edmund, in Edmonton or just one actually has one. a bad case of the bed bugs. And the oh, only hotel that's oh, clean no. is the Super 8 in Wetaskiwin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what I've heard. It's a terrible news. Hotel. Terrible news for the LA Kings. Yeah, that's what it is. But though. safety first. Yeah, can't bring bugs around. Cars cost less there too. Mm-hmm. True. Yep. I've heard, heard stuff that. a new wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-obvious key for me. Uh, we were complaining about this last night. So tighten up the breakouts. Mm-hmm. It's your thing from last year. Respect the blue lines. Respect the blue lines too. Like both of them they really have to, cause you can't give up the puck at yours or the other ones. Respect the blue lines. A hundred percent. That little four foot gap on either side of each blue line. That's where you don't fuck around. Danger if you're zone. going, if you're at the opposing one, you better fucking pump that thing deep. I yeah. don't want any little soft chips no here. Turnovers. At the I end. don't want forwards flying the zone early. Let's make sure that we're supporting each other. Yep. Tighten that up. Respect the blue lines. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Uh, question number three. As soon as game one ended, my brother and I agreed that we'd get a Withers tattoo if they win the cup. Would any of you like to join us? We live in the States, but I'll fly to Edmonton if need be. Rick? I have, if we win the cup, I've got plans. Yeah. Tyler? I'm scared of needles. Dan? <laughs> my body is a temple. <laughs> <laughs> I have shittier tattoos, so why not? Uh, question number four. Oh, this is just a random one, so why not? Uh, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Yesterday on Real Life, we were talking about bananas. On Love the real life podcast, Liam After ate li- four bananas in on, a sitting in game five. Podcast? No, during a game during the game during well, game like five to back to back to back to back, or is like one in the first period, one in the second. Like they're good he snack, is full of potassium. Stress lowers his potassium levels. So we they were talking about. Snack. You're getting the answer right now. <laughs> Just get him to come in here real quick. Yeah, come here, come here. Get t- <laughs> like one peel to the neck. Look, listen, I enjoy bananas. It's like okay? lighting a cigarette with the next one, but that's what t- <laughs> that's what Liam was doing with bananas. I love bananas, but you can have, you can eat them in different ways. There's the banana by itself. I like to take a banana, put it in a wrap with some peanut butter and some granola, and eat it that way in a wrap. So we got yeah, Liam here. Tortilla? Oh yeah, yeah. A banana and a tortilla is some a clutch. Banana, peanut butter, peanut butter, yeah, granola. Okay, the granola. and then roll it up. I like that. On? Little honey. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're really close to your mouth. So, so we just want to know, you said yesterday on the real life podcast that you ate four bananas during game five. Yes. Can what? confirm. Do you get cramps while yeah, watching? Was this, was this overtime? No, I don't get cramps because I eat so many bananas. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, like, what was the frequency? Were they like lighting a cigarette with the next one or were they spread out a little bit? I'm not a chain banana eater. <laughs> <laughs> I... Had First one, one was in. There. I had one in like just before the game started. Okay. Then I had one the start of the second. And I had one like midway through the third. And I had one in the intermission <laughs> of the overtime. Liam heard us talking about BPP and wildly misunderstood it. Yeah, yeah. Banana, <laughs> banana per period. This guy. Uh, Dude, that's have- like that's like Kawasaki from the Jays way back when. Oh yeah, oh, that's you great. Cramp. You might as well stick in for the last two Ask the Idiots questions and uh, hot and cold performers. Uh, yesterday on Leah Li- uh, Real Life, you guys were talking about the most uh, about bananas relating to Mario Kart. I want to know which Mario Kart weapon would be the most devastating in real life. I mean, the blue shell. Like, can you imagine driving to work and you're like, I am making great time. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no. And you've launched 30 feet in the air. Yeah. Come on. You're driving down Jasper and all of a I sudden you're on top of a building. Yeah. If the, what is it? The one, is it the ones that shrinks you? I don't, oh yeah. I don't yeah. Remember yeah. What power up that is. Seems like a painful but process. It feels like, yeah. Cause then all of a sudden you're flattenable by everyone else. Yeah. That's no so, good. Mm-hmm. Rick. Just give me that star, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, you <laughs> want it. You want, want the star. star. Driving yes. on the, yeah, I will handle a lot of business on the white mud if I got one of those stars. <laughs> Damn straight, man. <laughs> Liam? I would do the worst one, right? Yeah, the worst one. Would be like that black smudge the that just oh, you can't see. on top of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would suck. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you do not see anymore. Drive. Mm. Go. Yeah. Or if I'm Tough. looking in my rearview mirror and I see somebody with three red shells spinning around him, I'm, I know I'm in line for a bad time. Or a giant, someone doesn't give you the nice wave in the rearview mirror and you got shells on you. you? Fire those things. Buddy, you're firing them. I'm going to light you up. A giant ghost just shows up in front of your car and steals <laughs> stuff from it. <laughs> oh, this is actually a question built for Liam. Oilers Nation just bought an F1 team, but you can only use players from the actual Edmonton Oilers to be your two drivers. Who Simple. you got? This is easy. I wouldn't do McLeod. I feel like he'd be reckless. Yeah. Like he just, that's fair. He goes fast, but he's all yeah, over the map. But he's all over. I think McDavid. Obviously. Sure. Precision. And then I would do, oh boy, maybe Yuki Sonoda. No, because he crashes too much. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not on the oil. <laughs> I would do dry sidle. There's a lot of good German races throughout wow. the history of Formula One. Amen. Dan? David and Dreisaitl, you really went off the board <laughs> yeah, there. there. <laughs> and he thought about uh, it too. First. I'm going to go with Yamamoto and Archibald because they're little tiny guys. And I just think Smart. that weight is important in F1. That's exactly the answer I was going with too. You need to get little guys. I'm, you got to grease up Leon to get him into an F1 car. Yeah, but how many times uh, Archibald and Yamamoto taking stupid penalties? Archibald's going to ram people off the tracks. Yep. Archibald's <laughs> ramming people for Yamamoto to win. Yeah, it's all good. Tyler? There's only one person on this team who has racing experience. And it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Granted, it's with a horse, not a car, but sure. I like to think something would transition over <laughs> and apply. And he's not Who's racing. your other one? That's <laughs> just Nugent. That's my only answer. I'm going to, I don't know. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, I'll take Connor in this scenario. And then I'm going to give him the ultimate teammate in Ryan Nugent Hopkins, because there's those moments in F1 when the, the old boss tells you to move over and somebody's coming through. I don't think Nugent would get too bothered by it. Huh? He'll get his points. Connor Roster news from the LA Kings. Uh-oh. They've called up a goaltender. It's quick hurt. Uh-oh. Who? No, I'm guessing Cal Peterson probably tested positive for COVID or something. Well, you don't know. No, you're, just, no you're, oh, okay. you're, no. you're only saying that because you want it to be quick and you're trying like, that risk yeah, psychology I'm good. stuff. I'm good with, I'm good it. with, I'm good with quick too. John but, Hoven said, uh, Kings have called that Matt Villa, Vil Alta told it's a quote precautionary measure. Just like we did with not Skinner, but uh, Robert Rodriguez. No, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez yeah, yeah. on the roster. How did you guys not guess him? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, by yeah. that point, to be honest, I had probably had too many beers. <laughs> You're drinking liters of cola. I had a couple of liters of cola at that point. Mm-hmm. Hyper. I was full of juice, <laughs> and I had just taken a beer in the melon. Maybe I wasn't thinking so clearly. <laughs> you know. All right, there you go. Ask the idiots questions, boys. So we got to do a little voting. Liam, I will let you sit out the voting just because you weren't here for the first three. So here are your options, boys. Who gets the winner? Who gets the GC from busterspizza.ca? One, do you keep Connor and Leon together? Two, non-obvious key to closing out the series. Actually, Liam, I'm going to ask you that one. What's one non-obvious key to closing out game seven? Non-obvious? Yeah. If you say what we said, you was too obvious. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just not being stupid. Like, don't say that. We didn't think yeah, to say that. I wonder why. Stupid stuff like sparing someone in the groin when they're on the ground. Or <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Someone in the last two minutes of a game. That was an accident, Liam. And accidents make it okay. What it's was fair. your take on Connor getting leveled at center? I thought it was a penalty. Of course, clearly sorry because he came over and said, "Are you okay?" Liam, it was an accident. An accident happened. Maybe he came over and just said, "Hey, what happened?" Stop! Stop flopping around, Connor. I was looking the other way and I just saw you laying on the ice. Third question was Oilers tattoo. Fourth question, a Mario Kart weapon. And fifth question, the F1 team. Dan? I'm going to give it to the tattoo just because they did that. Yeah, I've got a plan. So yes, tattooed. Tyler? Mm, Mario Kart. Mario Kart was good too. I'm going to abstain. Tattoo gets the winner. So Ah. shout out to Robert. Robert, I will send you a DM as soon as we wrap up this episode. A couple other things. Connor McDavid take uh, was nominated as a finalist for both the Hart Trophy and the Ted Lindsay. It's just kind of like an evergreen thing. Seems to be every year. I do enjoy watching the uh, players kind of uh, pick who they think is the best player and yeah. kind of stick it to the Raiders a little bit. Like yeah, the Raiders, Roman like, Yossi, we know everything. Here, the three best, and the players like, nah, maybe, maybe not. Roman Yossi got a shout out. That's a hell of a yeah. season he had. 
It's a very, very good season. I was going to say, do you guys think it's interesting that Shostakhin got an MVP vote, but Yossi didn't? Are the players voted for Yossi? I've talked to a few people that have heart ballots, and it's. I think when we finally get a chance to see the way the voting broke down, you'll be surprised. Like, I think McDavid was left off some ballots. I think Matthews would have been fourth or fifth on some ballots. Shesterkin was probably left off ballots. Mm-hmm. And I just think it, I think it'll be very close. Like whoever the gap between three and six or seven on the eventual list is going to be like very thin. I feel like at least just this is just my perception completely, but I feel like the Ted Lindsay goes to players because there is so much that the goalie can get to me. So. I think the Ted Lindsay is the award you want. I know everybody talks about the heart, but if I'm a player, I'd rather be voted by my peers than somebody who writes for it. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this before, you know, if there was an award for podcasters, I'd like to uh, win it from the people who also podcast. Not the listeners. Come on. Yeah. I'd I, for you. <laughs> I care wholeheartedly about these individual awards until we don't win them. <laughs> these are still the same guys who voted in Ovechkin as two separate positions. Yes. Whoa. That is true. Whoa. How dare you since, call them like that's that. that since then, I, I, it was an Who accident, Rick. It was an accident. <laughs> we didn't know. That makes it okay. We didn't know. We didn't know. Uh, another news. Fuck the LA Kings. That was just, yeah. General Breaking statement. news. Go ahead. <laughs> Fuck the LA Kings. There we go. We got a confirmation. <laughs> All right. Hot and cold performers for our friends at Twig and Berries. Tyler is making his way over to the board. My buttons guy, or you doing it? You guys do buttons? I can do it. I'm here. Liam is ready. Sure. Liam is ready. Tyler, do you have yep. to plug for Twig and Berries? Well, you can use the promo code Nation15, gets 15% off. And that right there is putting money in your pocket. So if mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, I got like, you know, a bunch of cabins I'm going to. I need to look good for the summer. I need to take care of myself. How Twig do you and have Berries, an array of cabins you're going to? You know, maybe a couple different friends who got a couple different spots. Tyler, big cabin guy. I believe that's something to do with a uh, sports um, journalist or whatever. I mean, Bobby Mack. He gets out to the cottage. Yeah. You know, I think all those guys do. So if you have a cottage now, man, you're like, you're like part of the group now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. Check out our friend bearded Brad. He's all over the front page. Love that guy. Looks great. You can too. Twiggenberries.ca. All right. Hot and cold performers time. Since we dragged Liam in off whatever he was doing before, we're starting off with our veggies. Liam, your first Twiggenberries cold performer of the week. Cold performer of the week. The officials. Ah, Make uh, a call. Yep. yep. I'm upset. There we go. Little Drake. Good job. <laughs> Got a little Drake. Uh, Nation Dan, your Twig and Berry's Cold Performer of the Week. Well, thanks for taking the obvious one, <laughs> Liam. Uh, my Cold Performer of the Week, I just lost it. Oh, yeah. It's my bracket for picking <laughs> the Minnesota Wild yep. to go all the way. That's, uh, that's a real good performance you put up there, Minnesota. Enjoy your dead cap space, you hot Cold Performer of the Week. Are you thrilled? I'm not. What about... I was surprised to see them start Dadbot instead of Flurry. It's certain like Talbot was so good down yeah. the stretch, 100% but he hadn't he played in ten days. Well, that's what I mean. And it's... the idea of giving up a second rounder for a starting goalie and then leaving him on your bench as you get bounced in round one is like, mm. ah, it's like who does he think he is, Louis Domingue? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's why I liked Minnesota so much though, is because I felt like they had a nice one-two punch that yeah, they, they could really just did. go back and forth and no problem. But, yeah, but nobody goes back and forth. And they also had zero fights, which is just dumb to me as yeah. that franchise, but mm-hmm. uh, not, not anything to do with the business. <laughs> Rick, you're a twig and berry cold form of the week. If I can't give it to the officials, like I give it to Mikey Anderson for that one specific yes. play on Leon. That's this dirty as trash. And get it the game. Also added note. You're like an adult and you call yourself Mikey. Yes. Come on now. Come on. Figure it <laughs> out guys. What? All right. I was like, okay, my first cold performer is going to be the officials. Kate Liam took it, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it to Mikey. You're going to give it to my bracket too. <laughs> no, no, I was going to give That's it to Mikey third. Anderson. And then Rick gave it to him for the dry side of thing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be funny. I'm going to give it to Mikey Anderson for being an adult who goes by Mikey. And then you had to fucking chime in and take that one. So my cold performer is you guys for doing that to me. <laughs> Tyler's going to grab his computer and walk out now. Oh, come on, Liam. I do, My, I do like that the guy that misses the buttons all the time with headphones on is like, come on, Liam, <laughs> figure it out. Get it, get it going. You're like, yeah, you're not, you can't hear anything that's going on. <laughs> My Twig and Berry's cold performer of the week is the fucking hater. Suck it. 
All of you that were throwing in the towel early, I hope you did not have fun last night watching yeah. the win with the rest of us. Yeah. And I hope you're mighty quiet when the Oilers win tomorrow night in game seven to the haters of this hockey team that don't ever seem to want to cheer along, but only point out things that go wrong. You can go fuck yourself. Yes. Um, I like that. I had a guy, I was at game five and there was a guy that left with about 15 minutes left to go in the third period. He's like, F this team, this effing team sucks. The Oilers effing suck. And then Then we came back. Yeah, go ahead. We came back and I found him up in the concourse and over time (laughs) absolutely begged. And I was like, don't come back. Don't come back, man. Good. I'm so tired of that bullshit, man. Yeah, I mean, the people who are being negative after game five are probably sitting there after game six being like, hmm, would have won by three or more yeah, if they would have done that. They're still looking for, yeah, still looking for things to, to chirp about. I hate that. And also, if I'm at a game, I don't leave until the buzzer. Dude, yeah. we've been around. We've seen it. Was it exactly. 97? Less than two minutes to go down three, nothing to the stars. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Go to overtime. Bang. That's great. Sometimes it happens. Flipping the ledger. Let's end off this podcast on a positive note. We are doing our Twig and Berries Hot Performers of the Week. Tyler, you're up first. Oh, I'm going up first. You're putting me on the spot a little bit here. I'm going to say uh, the people who came out to Beercade for Game 6 and just yeah. had a hell of a time out there. The crowd was awesome. I met a ton of cool fans. Met my boy Adam. Played him in pool. Almost beat him, but then I scratched on the eight ball. Classic. Um, but we had a good time out there at Beercade, and we're doing another watch party Saturday, Pint on White. It is going to be an absolute fucking blast. That thing is going to be packed. So, a uh, Beercade and your romper. The show. big guy is smoking hot. Yeah. Rally romper. Rick, your Twig and Berries hot performer of the week. Evander, seven goals, Kane. How do you not? How do you not pick this guy? This guy's on fire. He's the goal scorer we needed. He's the goal scorer we have, and let's uh, let's get through tomorrow and see what we can do next week. Yeah! Nation Dan, your hot performer of the week for our friends at Twig and Berries. Uh, I found this uh, the fine doctor, Doctor Aaron Patel, on Twitter yesterday, and uh, Doctor Aaron Patel is doing some great work down in Malawa. Mul- I got the pronunciation here and everything. <laughs> Mulawi. Uh, he's, he's helping some kids uh, with some eye and vision care, but he's also making Euler fans out of them. So it's wonderful to see he's down in Mulawi <laughs> making, Mulawi. making kids lives better and also making Euler fans. So Dr. Aaron Patel, you get my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. Shout out to Malawi. Uh, <laughs> Liam, you're up next. Your Twiggerberry's hot performer of the week. Uh, my hot performer of the week is Josh Archibald. I'm not sure he actually knows how to play hockey properly, but he runs around the ice like he just wants to hit everyone. <laughs> I love that it. Moves. You need that. My favorite play of the series was when he had to puck in the offensive zone and skated it to center ice and took a change. <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you guys give me the puck? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Puck possession. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. I'm going to go. That's the easiest one. Our captain, Connor McDavid. He has, outside of the one game, he has had multiple multi-point games every single game outside of one. He is doing everything he can to drag this fucking team forward. He is going supernova. He's playing defense. He's throwing the body. He's scoring big goals. He is wheeling Connor McDavid. Now and forever, my Twig and Berries hot performer of the week. It's getting hot in here. I feel like as Oilers fans, we're almost numb to it, right? Like we're kind of like, oh, Connor's playing great. But like everyone needs to check in right now and be like, fuck, this is unbelievable. This guy is willing them to victory every night. Did you see those smiles he'd have on his face after like the scrums and stuff? Oh, like he had those little, he had those little fucking asshole smiles on. I loved it. Another thing I love is he scores a goal. No celebration. All business. Oh, buddy, it's game six. Doesn't matter. Doesn't I matter. bet you we get a, if he scores, early, Oh, tomorrow's going to be different. We get a big McDavid. Let's yeah. go. I want one of those ones where he loops the boards and stops in front of the other bench. Yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Did you see his quote after the game when they were like, how, what, how does it feel when you have a performance like this? It's like, just doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right you are, you beautiful son of a bitch. <laughs> I love him. I love him now and I love him forever. Also honorary, uh, Twig and Berry's hot performer of the week. Tyson Berry, you picked the perfect time to show up with a goal, my guy, because that was a sneaky one. Quick had no chance on it. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's usually a cold it's one. It's been up and down like a toilet seat. <laughs> nope, that's also not a hot <laughs> Up and down like a toilet cold. seat. Feeling hot. You already played that one. That's okay. We'll take it again. Feeling <laughs> There we go. We'll take it again. Oh, great. Anything else? 
I just want to keep talking about how good Connor McDavid is. 100%. All right, let's do wrap up the podcast with a quick score prediction for game seven. It is going to be absolutely jumping at Rogers place. It is going to be a great, great time. That's right. There he is. Tyler's getting set. Uh, Liam, score prediction for tomorrow, game seven. I think it'll be 4-2 again, but the Oilers will be up 3-1 to one at some point. Ooh. Nation Dan, tomorrow. 5-2 Oilers win. Rick? Oh, it sounds weird, but I'm going 6-2. Let's go. 6-3 Oilers dub. 4-2 win, baby. That's how it goes for all of our friends at DoorDash, Oodle Noodle, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, and Twig and Berries. This is Oilers Nation Radio. Thanking you from all the boys. He's got a big game tomorrow. Whatever you did last night, your routine, I need you to maintain that for tomorrow. Same outfit, same spot you watched it, same people you watched it with. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Shout out, Penny! Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.